The time had come. The celebration of Passover had arrived. As they neared Jerusalem, Jesus sent two of his disciples on ahead, telling them to bring back a colt they would find tied up nearby. Others went ahead into the city to announce his arrival. Locating the colt, several of his disciples had thrown their cloaks over it. And now Jesus rode through the gate leading into Jerusalem. It must have been a glorious sight. Jesus was followed by his disciples and also by a large crowd of pilgrims he had met on the road who he had been teaching. There was shouting and singing, and this brought others out from the city to greet Jesus. Palms and tree branches were laid on the road before him. Others had taken off their cloaks and spread them before the hooves of the colt. People pressed in on all sides, and they took up a chant and shouted toward the heavens, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. Meanwhile, it is a little more than ironic, almost at the same time, there was another procession entering another gate on the opposite side of the city. But there were no pilgrims or city dwellers in this parade. This was the arrival of the Roman governor, Pontius Pilate, from his home in Caesarea by the sea. He came to Jerusalem at the time of Passover, not to worship, but as a show of force to ensure religious vigor during the holiday would not lead to insurrection. He rode in front of a thousand Roman soldiers, all dressed for battle. Some were mounted on their war horses, but most just marched, grim-faced and threatening. There were no welcoming cheers or singing, just the music of a few drummers and musicians along the column. Now, because the gates were on opposite sides of the city and so far apart, Pilate probably could not hear the cheering and the chants, greetings for the king of Israel. Although it is probable some spies probably visited him later in the day with that news, but if he was informed, he chose to do nothing that day because his primary duties for Rome were to collect taxes, and to keep civil order. Pilate was shrewd and understood Jesus was far too popular on this day, and even a thousand soldiers might not be able to contain rioters throughout the city. If he were to send soldiers to arrest Jesus now, it's probable that a full-scale revolt would likely follow. He couldn't risk that. If he decided he needed to act, better to bide his time for a more opportune moment when the crowds had thinned and the people had lost their frenzied enthusiasm. He was also counting on the Jewish leadership to take some offense at this upstart rabbi. Two processions into a great city, one proclaiming the kingdom of God, the other, the power 
of the Roman Empire. Well, unfortunately, there was a major disconnect between the public's anticipation and the actual message that Jesus had come to deliver. The praise the people lavished on Jesus was not because they recognized him as their savior from sin. They had welcomed him out of their desire for a messianic leader, someone who'd deliver them. They desperately wanted a conquering hero who would lead them in a revolt against their oppressive Roman overlords. In the days that followed, and there was no sign Jesus was about to lead such a rebellion, most of the local inhabitants lost interest in this young rabbi from Nazareth. We've all heard the story. In the days that followed, Jesus was arrested, abandoned by his closest followers, beaten and tortured, and soon after, crucified. You may well believe this is a story of betrayal and death and is a tragedy. In some ways, you would be right. But I would like to suggest to you that in every way, this is in fact a love story. Remember how it's written, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, so that all who believed in him might not perish, but have everlasting life. At no time was Jesus helpless. As the Son of God, he could have called down legions of angels to protect him. No, he went willingly to death, accepting all that he endured for the love of us. This understanding should mean everything, everything to us. It means hope and comfort, for there can be no pain, no suffering that we can ever experience that, Christ, that God has not known himself. There will be no heartache, no feeling of despair, no wounds we could ever experience that Jesus cannot heal. There can be no assault, no injustice that Christ cannot conquer. If we should feel lost and alone, there will never be any place Christ cannot find us. And on that day when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will not walk alone. One who went willingly to death for the love of us will be walking right there beside us. Perhaps this love is why you're here today, because you accept that love and are awed by the grace and mercy Jesus has for you. You may feel there have been times when maybe it wasn't fully deserved, but still it surrounds you, immeasurable and unstoppable. 
If that's not the reason why you're here, then let today be your invitation to get to know Jesus and his love more deeply. Spend some time with our Savior here in worship, in reading his story of love for you. Free your spirit with the knowledge of his forgiveness. During this next week, we walk in the way of the cross. We enter into Holy Week joining with Jesus on Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, and in the lighting of the new fire as the flame of hope during the Easter vigil. On this journey, we all receive his gracious invitation to know his love and have a reason for hope. Jesus entered Jerusalem so long ago, offering love and forgiveness. He cared for the sick and the lame. He raised up the poor and the disadvantaged. As his followers, having accepted his love, we are to exhibit those same qualities. And in this way, the world sees the true king, living and reigning in triumph within us.